Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center Podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Clone Wars Report. <laughs> I was really wondering if the noise that you would make is just weeping for this uh, tragic arc. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> uh, but instead, we got uh, what exactly was that? <laughs> Fair question, sir. Uh, uh, it is. It is. Um Nala say kind of doing an alarm. Ooh, nice, nice. Love it. <laughs> it was very pleasant. I wish all car alarms were uh, <laughs> sung by Nala say. That would be yeah. great. That would Ooh, be great. God. 
for just a second, I was like, is, is, does does the cab driver Jay Ingno sing? Did I miss it? Good. <laughs> it's a good. Very good noise. Very good noise. Uh, as always, we love to start these episodes uh, with uh, Ken making some noise. That is Ken Namsock. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and we are here to dive into this arc of the Clone Wars. We are heading toward the end. It is the beginning of the end, the first arc in season six. Uh, the episodes in this arc are Season 6, Episode 1, The Unknown, written by Katie Lucas and directed by Bosco Eng. Season 6, Episode 2, Conspiracy, written by Katie Lucas and directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell. Season 6, Episode 3, Fugitive, written by Katie Lucas and directed by Danny Keller. Season 6, Episode 4, Orders, written by Katie Lucas and directed by Kyle Dunleavy. Ken, I had entirely uh, forgotten that this was another Katie Lucas arc. Had you remembered that? I, I, it, yeah, it was in the back of my head. Uh, I, I do remember it, but it, it doesn't it doesn't stop me from finishing these episodes and going, why why aren't we giving her a Star Wars series? <laughs> I think probably because she walked away, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there could be the attempt to get her back, uh, because yeah, I, I I think she. We've discussed a lot of the great work she did giving so much life and perspective uh to Ventress and and all the other episodes that she's written but I forgot that this arc uh was written by her and I think that uh not only is she great on the the depth of the ideas uh but in the work that a screenwriter is really uh, really really doing because all obviously all of these arcs are developed by multiple people but like mm-hmm. just the line to line you know mm-hmm. funny lines impactful lines exactly kind of the way the conflict of the scene is constructed all that real script writer work is is always great in her episodes yeah the the action you know just the way the action is used and the way the action just really impacts the story i just really really loved all that just it just jumped out to me in this episode like uh clones sucked through a, a cockpit window in space uh, <laughs> um we'll get to that uh yeah no i just you're right yeah right it, it it's just uh some of her best work and, and then the adventure stuff was so good but man i i just was blown away by it and yes totally get she she was one of the first to walk away from twitter in like 2011 and welcome from star wars uh good for her uh, uh I, I would love to see uh which i think she calls her, uh, goes by katie rose now uh, understandably there too um just a big fan big fan that's that's my starting point today absolutely big fan uh really made me feel it in this episode great perspective of empathy uh ken are you ready for the summary i don't know if i am but are you ready absolutely i'm ready Okay, here we go. Another not short summary. Endless War. Jedi General Anakin Skywalker, along with Jedi twins Tiplar and Tip Lee, and their loyal clones are locked in a stalemate battle in the ringed space station surrounding the planet Ringo Vinda. As they make a daring assault to defeat the forces of Separatist strategy master Admiral Trench, something goes horribly wrong in the mind of the clone known as Tup. Mumbling good soldiers follow orders, and overwhelmed by hatred for the Jedi, Tup executes Tiplar at point-blank range. The Jedi in the Republic retreat from the battle, but Trench captures the horrific incident on Holovid. Trench reports to Dooku, who reports to Lord Sidious, desperate to prevent the exposure of his master plan. Sidious insists Tup be captured. Sedated and en route to Kamino, Tup's ship is brutally attacked by super battle droid rocket troopers <laughs> mm-hmm. under the command of a tactical droid called Kraken. Tup is captured, but Anakin, Rex, and Tup's best friend, ARC Trooper clone Fives, mount a rescue. 
Using suction harpoon guns, the heroes board Kraken's ship in the vacuum of space and quickly slaughter every droid on board. Tup is rescued and all is well. Wait, no, that's just the first episode. Tup makes it to Kamino, accompanied by his loyal friend Fives. They're greeted by the Jedi who oversees clone training, Shakti. Both Tup and Fives are subjected to thorough tests by the Kaminoans. Fives meets the quirky medical droid AZ-3, who suggests Tup needs a level 5 atomic brain scan. But Nala Say argues the only way to find the true cause of the problem is euthanizing Tup and performing an autopsy. But their true motivation is to hide the very truth. Prime Minister Lamassu and Nala Say, who is the chief medical scientist on Kamino, make contact with Lord Tyrannus, a.k.a. Count Dooku. The Kaminoans reveal they're well aware of Tup's problem, a malfunctioning inhibitor chip. Dooku lies about the intent of the chip, claiming it is a safeguard against the betrayal of rogue Jedi. Shakti updates the council on the debate. Obi-Wan demands Tup be brought to the temple, and the council agrees. Meanwhile, Fives argues to AZ-3 that they are not just numbers. They are beings with choices. Fives appeals to AZ-3 to obey his highest programming initiative, Save Lives. Convinced, AZ-3 and Fives perform the scan, find the chip, and remove it. Though they succeed, they are caught in the act, and Tup dies, whispering to Fives that he's free of the mission, The Nightmare. Updated on these events, Palpatine demands Fives and the chip be sent to the Grand Republic Medical Facility on Coruscant. But the adventures of different people wanting Fives to go different places has only begun. Back on Camino, Nalase guilts Fives, saying maybe it's his fault his friend died. But Fives' fears of conspiracy are reignited when he notices Nalase switches cases, attempting to keep the chip from being handed over to the Jedi. Allegedly being sent back to the 501st, Fives encounters AZ-3 again, who lets it slip. They're both getting their minds wiped. Infuriated at the loss of control, Fives knocks multiple clones senseless and escapes with AZ-3. They steal a Camino flight pod as a decoy, dive out of the ship, and return to Topoka City. They find the chip in the other case, confirming Nalase's duplicity. Then they get the chip, confirming uh, that, uh, yes, they got the chip. Yep. The unlikely duo sneaks into the genetic mm-hmm. records hall and check the record of the original donor, Django Fett. There is no evidence of the tumor in his record, so they check the tree tubes of the young embryonic clones and discover the chip is inserted in the development process. But once again, Fives is captured by Shock T and the Kaminoans. Fives and AZ-3 present their knowledge. Nalaseg claims the inhibitor is just there to prevent the clones from sharing Django Fett's aggression. It still does not explain why Tup's chip malfunction, though. Shock T overrules Nalaseg and sends Fives and the chip back to Coruscant, finally. But en route, Fives is drugged by Nalase, leaving him groggy and full of rage. He's brought to the future birthplace of Darth Vader, the Grand Republic Medical Facility. Desperate to help his brother clones and the Jedi, Fives tries to warn Chancellor Palpatine of the conspiracy. Palpatine insists on speaking with Fives alone. Mysterious conversations abound, as we, the viewers, are not in the room. But Fives appears to attack Palpatine. He makes a harried escape, takes a cab ride with chatty driver Jay Igno, and arrives at 79's The Clone Bar. There, Five makes contact with fellow 501st member Kix and sets up a meeting with Rex and Anakin. But he's spotted by a probe droid in the Coruscant Guard pick up Five's trail. In a dark, lower-depths warehouse, Rex and Anakin arrive and attempt to calm Fives down, but he locks them in a ray shield. He speaks the truth. 
there's a horrific conspiracy. The clones are being manipulated. The Jedi are in danger. And somehow Palpatine is involved. But Fives' truth comes out as the rantings of an addled mind. Commander Fox arrives. Fives goes for his blaster and is shot through the chest. Fives dies in Rex's arms, echoing the last words of Tup. He's free of the mission, free of the nightmare. Back in the halls of power, Palpatine tells the Jedi his personal doctors examine Fives and Tup. The inhibitor chip decayed due to a parasite found on Ringo Vinda. The Jedi accept this explanation, and Sidious sends a message to Tyrannus confirming nothing can stop the execution of Order 66. And... The end for now. End scenes. End scene. Whew. I uh, got a little confused there in the middle. I apologize. <laughs> I uh, I was trying to be diligent, and I wrote a beat down twice. 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 For the same beat. Uh, anyway, a lot happens in the episode. It is a lot of kind of back and forth about mm-hmm. what's going to happen to Top. What's going to happen to Chip? What's going to happen to Fives? Where's it going to go? It is really a long battle of keep away from the Jedi. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. any thoughts on the uh, on the overall uh, show? What was your overall reaction? Love it? Like it? Struggle with it? Where you at? This is what I'm calling primetime Clone Wars. Many exclamation points. It's uh, it's just so fun. I You know, no deep insight for me in there. Fun, but also tragic and also sad and also these wonderful themes. I think beyond the themes and the deep dives that we love doing here, this is just kind of this haunting story. Very haunting to watch, especially as we approach the end, the end of this era, the the prequel era going into revenge of the sith we know what's happening we know what's gonna happen and to see how close the jedi are to the truth and how palpatine is moving to cover his final plan and where this all ends even for camino by the way now which we know more with bad batch just makes this all key star wars like this yeah. is you you, you want to get a big picture uh you know view of, of 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 the star wars story you have to include these episodes i really do believe that and then the camino of it all this makes me really want to run straight into bad batch to mm-hmm. dive in that story I, I kind of forgot that about how closely associated with bad batch knew i knew that we knew the characters we talked about it when we were reviewing uh, bad batch uh season one but just to actually see it and see it for the first time since then it's it's just a real real connected story yeah, yeah, I think I've rewatched bits and pieces of this, but I don't think I've sat down and rewatched it in its entirety since the first time I watched it. Um, and I, it is funny how much time and perspective changes everything, right? This is a mm-hmm. rich, wonderful, uh, sad arc uh, that I really enjoyed the first time I watched it. But when you watch it again, it's like, this is an excellent Bad Batch prequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, that that is not in any way to lessen you know, five's story, uh, or, or tops mm-hmm. or Rex's, uh, but it does set up so much, not just in terms of location, uh, characters with AZ three and Nala say, uh, but with the ideas, the, the big ideas of what a clone is handling the inhibitor chips, you know, choice, but versus numbers, this is all things that the clone wars has dealt with throughout uh, the mm-hmm. first regular episode is largely about Yoda convincing the clones that they are all unique and different and they are unique within the force this has been one of the primary missions of the clone wars animated show i think is to give humanity uh to the clones and see have us see them as tragic uh pawns uh Mm -hmm. because they are living beings with their own uh, choice and agenda but those ideas are developed so much here and those ideas i think are just kind of what give birth to the bad Mm -hmm. bad show Oh, absolutely. Great jumping off point. 
uh, and important stuff. And, and, and especially because this is at the end of the run uh, of the Clone Wars, six seasons in. And, and again, these are the lost, we're in the lost seasons now. We, we weren't necessarily going to see these until we got this chance with Netflix uh, bringing it back for this this stuff. Yeah, to see the continuation and building of, of, of the clone story, so central to the Clone Wars, of course. Love, love, love diving in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I what I like about this is it's depressing, yes, <laughs> which is a, is a weird thing to say of uh, it is. I think it's a dark, wonderful tragedy, right? There are moments of Clone Wars fun with the action, but even the action is very intense and brutal and a picture of being at it for a yeah. long time. So it, it has this great sense of classic tragedy you know uh, Shakespeare you know mm. Oedipus of you know it can't work out but the fun of watching it is where are the moments where it could have worked out and even though yeah. you know it is not going to work out uh, uh, feeling the pull of maybe if I just watch this arc one time one more time fives will get through to people uh, yeah. the classic point of of why humans you know write tragedies and yet within that I think it is given such a spark of hope and comedy, the both hope and comedy from AZ3 and really necessary comedy from Jay Igno. Like mm-hmm. I, I know he's kind of a, a Clone Wars fan favorite, but watching this arc again, just like how much he's needed <laughs> yeah. to give just a, a breath of fresh air in this, <laughs> this dark tragedy arc. Your mother's a droid. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It helps. It helps. Um, Helps with the hope quotient, indeed. Uh, not that uh, all hope has to be light and fluffy, uh, but it's uh, definitely sunshiny. And uh, AZ, his uh, the way he kind of processes a lot of the big themes, and kind of you, you kind of could focus and learn a lot about the themes from just tracking AZ. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, final thing for me is I just think that this has such a great look. There's a, such knowledge of uh, you know why this story is being told because we definitely get some insights into sort of the mechanics of order 66. The inhibitor chip itself is like a, that, that's a big kind of reveal of that's exactly how order 66 worked. Uh, but other than that, I, I feel like this is really about the, what the clones are, are going through. And I feel like visually this arc does such a great job of kind of keeping us in a little bit of a, a horror movie, right? There's the, mm. there's the cold, clean, white of Camino and almost everywhere they go is extra dark red and black shadows and horror. It's a bunch of visual and action choices to just amp up the horror throughout, which I think really makes it such an emotional arc. Mm, yeah. With the big monster at the end of the tunnel being Palpatine, you just can't see it. It's so dark. You can't see it so clear, you know? Yeah. There is a monster at the end of this story. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Grover, it's Puppeteen. Yeah. Uh, so the morals of the episode, four episodes, four morals. Uh, the truth about yourself is always the hardest to accept. The wise benefit from a second opinion? When in doubt, go to the source. The popular belief isn't always the correct one. All right, Ken, which one of these grabbed you? Well, the last one grabbed me in the way of, man, that's going to be misinterpreted a lot. Um, <laughs> careful of that one. And to me, the popular opinion is uh, Palpatine's theory. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one because that's the one that gets accepted. And that's the yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's not the correct one. Um, no, um, I I really uh, think the first one, the truth about yourself, is the hardest to accept. Is something that can translate to all of our lives, uh, but also how just to see how it affects Tup and and Fives and how this story uses the chips to kind of dive into. Uh, the human psyche in that way. Uh, you're looking for big lessons. This is the one uh, that I really gravitated towards. 
Yeah, there's some uh, great practical ones. When in doubt, go to the source. I like yeah. that. that. That's just about clear communication. It's uh, about Star Wars news, yeah. Yeah, when in doubt, <laughs> uh, check the link. Yeah, uh, the wise benefit from a second opinion. I like that one because uh, it's not necessarily you are wrong and the second opinion will tell you, but it helps you to frame your own opinion. Uh, and you're right. I, I love the popular belief isn't always the correct one. Uh, but we are definitely in a time in the real world, I think, where there's <laughs> a, a manipulation of that perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't think the point of that moral is deny all facts and cling <laughs> to whatever random thing you have chosen. <laughs> it is not. Yeah, I think it is far more like in this arc where, mm. hey, we have all of this evidence and then people are promoting things that don't go along with this evidence. Yeah. You know, that, mm-hmm. that yeah, mm-hmm. important stuff there. So uh, let's dive into the big themes, the big ideas at stake in this episode. Ken, where did you go? So I really, you already kind of touched upon what I thought the, the big one is there. Uh, and there's there's some stuff with grief and there's some uh, big picture stuff with uh, the Jedi and the Republic and, and, and kind of this power struggle between those two entities here especially Camino kind of standing in for maybe the Republic slash the, the separatists here at this point but I, I went to the the big two for me which have a lot of uh, sub themes in there is the, the this fight for identity which you touched upon there mm-hmm. and, and what does that mean for us and 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 it's an ongoing theme with the clones and the Clone Wars story and then honor versus uh, excuse me uh, orders versus duty uh, and the difference there and then honor and dedication behind that. I love that line about uh, Shakti saying it's not a matter of belief. Five, it's simple, simply the right thing to do. This idea of what truly uh, the difference, the fine line between orders and duty and who is your duty truly to uh, love those big ones there. But the identity one all the way through, that's what this one was about for me. Yeah, absolutely. Identity. I love uh, picking up on, uh, yeah, what Chakti said about duty. I think that ties to that great uh, conversation where uh, Fives is trying to kind of push AZ3 to make a choice and say, what are you actually here to do? Is it just to do what you're told or haven't you already been told something? Don't you have programming? Don't you have a mission? Don't you have things you kind of, from your droid perspective, believe in? Yeah. Oh, that was a great scene. Love that one. Yeah, I think for me, the uh, similar thing, I think the the overall biggest thing that I took away is just this huge picture of what it is to be a clone. And like, obviously, mm-hmm. the Jedi and AZ-3 uh, play into this, but I just think we see so many aspects all packed into this sort of tragic arc. Uh, there's a real emphasis on brotherhood. There's a, a real emphasis on Fives fighting uh, uh, viscerally for his humanity and his agency to choose. Uh, we get to see that they are a cog in the machine and that many people view them that way and we really get to see the horror of, of what they've been through um yeah. there's so much in the clone wars animated series that gives humanity and choice to the clones which is great but there's some stuff in this uh in this arc that really kind of peels it back and go this is this is horrible some of the stuff they have to go through is really really horrible um mm-hmm. uh in, in the way I kind of broke those things down is to really look at the horror, <laughs> uh, but also the, the humanity and the brotherhood, right? It, it's mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. opposed by the, the programming talk, but I was really struck by how the kind of beginning motivations are all 
they're all about five and in Tup's uh, connection, right? Yeah. Uh, that they've been through things uh, together um, relatively early on. Fives uh, says to AZ3, you don't know about real duty, what it's like to have a brother, right? So yeah. in, in terms of like the great um, ideas that you're saying about like, what what's your mission? I think Fives is sort of like saying, well, part of my mission is to look out for my brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like that idea of, of brotherhood and, uh, protecting Tup and and feeling for feeling empathy for the horror of what Tup is going through that he had his his choice taken away and he doesn't know why that that's everything that's motivating fives is brotherhood and then that sort of brotherhood idea kind of transfers into what I think is the the heart of the arc which is the relationship between fives in, in AZ3 you know mm-hmm. uh all those great scenes and moments where fives has gone through a lot, right? We've got to see him be a, a cadet. We've got to see him make um, brave, unique choices in the Pong Krell battle uh, that he's now fully formed and insistent wow. on things like the, when he says, no clone uses a number, not anymore. Uh, he says, we were not created to be disposed of this way. Yeah. <laughs> AZ3 answers, perhaps you were, which is <laughs> uh, mm. horrible, but really uh, reframes what Fives is is fighting for you know and and i think the way that their bond develops that great line from az3 where he says i always wanted to have human feelings but i do not goodbye Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is very funny but it opens the door to them connecting over being numbers being cogs and machines versus uh having choice and i think that's what leads into why fives is able to say you know I, i thought saving the patient at all costs was fundamentally your highest order and kind of it's kind of about programming, but it's really giving AZ, it's empowering AZ3 to make a choice of like, you know who you are. <laughs> what is most important to you, you know? Yeah, and kind of the why of it, when you move past uh, labels, descriptions, and uh, orders, and uh, organizations, all these things that come up a lot in Clone Wars, like, what what are you here for? Is it for, is it based on compassion and empathy? Something big in, in Star Wars. And your programming is leading toward, towards you, leading you towards that, AZ, and you're not actually really following that as much as you'd think. Uh, that's why I think I absolutely love this scene. I want to go back to the horrors thing uh, you mentioned of the, the horrors of the clones and, and the existence. Camino uh, is this like, you know, beautiful uh, location always has been, right? It's one of my favorite locations, but it's, it's, uh, it's like, it, it's, it's haunting. Like I said, to describe the entire episodes, but it, it is kind of this weird place. And when you mm-hmm. really see what the clones are truly built for, truly built for not, you know, the story of Sifo-Dyas, uh, and, and we need an army, so I'm going to do that. We, we know the whole story and the whole picture. So when you see the, uh, when they're at the, the, you know, the, the, the baby state, it's, it's on one hand, it's very sci-fi and it's kind of cool. I've always liked the Camino setting, but just from the beginning, they were engineered to win Palpatine this overall war. It is sad. It's so tragic. And now they're constantly fighting against that. I love so many of the five lines, like you said, and, 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 uh, some great ones, uh, all through it. I love, let me come with you, sir. He is my best friend. Tup is my friend. He's not a number. You keep hearing that over and over, not new yeah. to the Clone Wars series. But, uh, and my final thought on that is, 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 is this is also about connection and the power of connection. It makes me think of Finn and it's not just taking off a helmet and, and switching sides. It is, you see how that can drive so much uh, hope and compassion and empathy forward. And that is 
uh, at the end of the day, that connection that Fives felt when he wasn't supposed to, no clone was supposed to, no one, no one thought any clone would feel that connection, but they all do. And that's what drives them forward and drives them to change, drives them to fight for their identity and their choices. That was just a big, powerful reminder of, of the, the story of the clones. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think that's great to to point out all those moments where where, uh, where he's saying, he's, but he's my friend. It's not, yeah. <laughs> I have a duty to figure this out. He's my friend. I don't want him to be alone. Yeah. And I think that uh, I'd love that not only do Fives and AZ3 kind of have this banter back and forth. Fives convinces AZ3 uh, to make the choice that he wants AZ3 to do. Uh, but then they truly bond. And I think those are kind of the, in that third episode, the, most profound moments to me um again it's kind of a comedy line because az3 is funny but uh Mm -hmm. you know when he accidentally reveals that they're gonna have their memory rights memories wiped he says we can still be friends fun spin assuming we both remember each other after our memories have been erased but it it, it, to your point that word friendship it's about being friends and and i think maybe for me the most impactful moment of this uh connection is when Fives is wanting to take his uh, chip out and AZ3 says, you may die too. And Fives says, it's a chance I have to take. I trust you. And then AZ3's speech light comes on, but he says nothing. Like right. the, the, the power of AZ3 being shocked to be trusted, not mm. ordered around or expected to work within parameters, but to be trusted. It's like that landed with me. It's like, that's so great. And like, wait a minute. Why is that so clear? <laughs> Watch it again and realize it's because his speech light comes on, but he says nothing. Mm. No mm. sound comes out. So you know that he's emotionally affected. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like he's standing up straighter. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, just such a great, uh, beautiful moment. And, and it ties into some of the stuff that I think Fives has said about um, Top and himself of like they value being soldiers and they take risks and they take risks yeah. to find out the truth. Um, so I just, I thought that was a great moment of bonding and a, a great moment that, that highlights that connection you're talking about. Yeah. Powerful connection, powerful stuff. Yeah. Cause it, it's just beyond this, this series of episodes just push the, uh, Hey, clones are people to thought, which is powerful and all through going back. You mentioned the Yoda stuff. You forget that that's literally how this whole series technically starts is Yoda <laughs> going, cool, gather around clones. You're more than clones. Uh, but to take it to this point in the, the tragedy, uh, the tragedy behind it. Uh, and, and I, yeah, I really like what you said of just like when you really pull back the clones, yeah, they're bred for war and they're bred for something even more diabolical. And how can they fight through that? And it is the little things. It is connection, it is empathy, it is not leaving your brother, it is finding the truth. I love that everyone, even Anakin kind of has that like, Fives wouldn't do that. And, yeah. and, and, and they still, have, you still need to investigate that. You still need to, you know, uh, uh, find out, find out those truths and be able to search for those truths. Uh, you, you never know, but like, I don't know. I was moved by all those kind of connection themes. Yeah, absolutely. The bond of trust between uh, everyone in the 501st, right. Uh, mm-hmm. kicks uh, and uh, in, in the bathroom there with fives and, uh, yeah. Rex and Anakin, like you, 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 that's the great tragedy of, you can see from their perspective, like fives is sick, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know what's going on, but, but there's nothing there, but like trust and, and love in a, in a desire to help him. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and that's why that this dance of orders versus duty, it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's fun for me to look into and just really kind of, it, it, you know, how, how you can hi- end up accidentally hiding behind orders that, uh, just aren't actually there to fulfill your duty. And I'm not talking about the actual level of 
what orders you receive on the battlefield. I'm just saying in life, <laughs> just yeah. we approach things. Yeah, absolutely. To to be able to yeah question. <laughs> yeah, am I doing this because I've really really examined it and I I understand why I'm doing it and I want to be doing it, or mm-hmm. even hey maybe this isn't my favorite thing, but it's it's a duty and I and I have examined it and I'm okay doing it because I know it's necessary needed of me. Yeah. Versus just being swept along and being told what you are, being told you're programmed and do what I say. Yeah, and when you when you don't have that connection, and I'm not trying to push it completely into real world issues, but when you don't have that on the ground connection, uh, then then you can easily hide behind what. Well, this is the, this is what we do, and this is what we do, and what we do is supposed to help. And when you keep saying, "But are you connected to the people that you're trying to help?" Because it's not, and then you start getting to what is your actual duty. It's that's what that scene with AZ uh, that you highlighted is so is so great. Where where Fives isn't like tricking him. Fives is like, no, no, let me. Here's you, you talk about protocol. What is your protocol actually supposed to do? And are you, are you doing that? Yeah. The fives who uh, grew and questioned and uh, fought back against Pong Krell is I think trying to guide AZ3 through a journey that he went on. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to talk a little bit more about the horror. I love what you said uh, Mm. about seeing Camino uh, because I think this is like a great partner with those wonderful episodes where the separatists try to invade, uh, Camino and the clones are really it's a great clone arc right because it's all about that's our home you know Mm -hmm. this isn't where we've been sent it's our home and we're going to defend it and and uh, everything that happens in that arc with the uh, promotion and and clone 99 and it's it's Mm -hmm. all like Camino's our home yay and then this episode is like wait our home is dysfunctional (laughs) yeah uh, yeah. which is uh, <laughs> relatable, right? You, uh, when yeah. somebody else is attacking your home, you're like, no, hey, that's my home. And then when you're kind of alone in your home, like, yeah, there's some problems here. <laughs> we need to address them. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I think that's a part of the horror. I was really stuck, struck by um, the intro, right? That we are told that they are fighting this battle. The Clone Wars has just been raging and dragging on. You're getting the sense through all these episodes in the later seasons that there isn't any real traction being made on either side. And that's made really mm-hmm. literal of their mm-hmm. fighting on a literal ring. The fight is a yeah. circle and the narrator tells us, which has lasted several rotations with neither side gaining any ground, which immediately put me in the mindset of looking at this from the clones perspective of like, if they started out of like, yes, we believe in the Republic we will defend it from mm-hmm. the separatists. Like what, what, what are these deaths gaining just back and forth on a circle? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's really powerful to start that way. Right. Um, mm. And then be reminded really quickly that the possibility of death is there every day. And I love it when fives insists that Tup would choose to risk his life for the brain scan and for knowledge, because that's their day to day. He's a soldier. He risks his yeah. life every day. This is actually for something. Of course mm. he'd risk his life to know why he's sick, you know? Absolutely. I love that you highlighted. I, I think for me, I, I, it starts to push a little bit of the conversation to some of the just bigger, larger story, but I, I, I think it ties to so much. The Ring of Vinda battle is called a stalemate, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you said, and, and and how the war is holding up everybody too, uh, and you're lost in that, and that's part of Palpatine's plan. Uh, that was that little subtle thing too for me of just like, yeah, no one's winning. That's what he wants because he's not ready to do the order 66 yet, which is why I love, I love there's little moments where Palpatine, I won't call him nervous, 
But when I, I kind of love, there's a little bit of scuttlebutt, you know, Dooku's calling, Hey, Hey boss. <laughs> hey, am I find out what? Okay. I, I, and, and it, all part of his, his plan. And when you get the stalemate, this, this inability to move forward, I, I, I to any kind of conclusion, you can get lost in that. Yeah. He just gets them stuck and trapped in a circle. Uh, yeah. And yeah, great, great Palpatine stuff. Uh, I'd love to talk about where the mask drops and then the cockiness comes back and all <laughs> yeah. sorts of great, great face work there, Palpatine. Uh, yeah. just a qu- couple of quick other things about the, the horror, uh, mm-hmm. uh, theme of what the clones go through and what it is to be them. Uh, this, this comes up a, a ton in other episodes, a ton in bad batch of being told their property, having their choice taken away. You know, every uh, clone and their genetic makeup is property, the cameo and government, uh, you know, fives having to push back and saying, I'm not a piece of hardware. I'm a living being that stuff. We, we've, uh, we've seen a, a decent amount. The thing that I forgot was in this arc is the nightmares and how right. both Tup and Vives talk about, uh, that they're free, right? Uh, Tup's final words are the mission, the one in our dreams that never ends. I'm free. Mm. And Five's last lines are, the final line is, I only wanted to do my duty. The mission, the nightmares, they're finally over. Mm. And I felt like that was a way into, like I didn't feel for myself like that was necessarily about uh, the chips being removed, right? Right that it was about this sense of as much as we're striving for brotherhood, as much as we're striving for humanity, as much as we're only making, making our own choices about whether we believe the Republic is something to defend or, or mm-hmm. I, we choose to invest in the idea of what a soldier is because it's our identity and we believe in that. There's all these wonderful things giving them life, giving them humanity, but they are still wrestling with in their minds, these nightmares of like, I was born to kill. That, mm-hmm. And that's my purpose. And is it ever going to end? And what's going to happen to me if it ends, you know, and mm-hmm. to know that they're having these nightmares. That's the way I took it. Uh, not chip related, but that every yeah. clone ha- knows what that they don't talk about it a ton, but they know that's mm-hmm. what happens to all of them when they go to sleep. I look, I, I there's been conversations before. I think I, I remember Filoni saying a few times of just how uh, actual Soldiers in the, in the real world, military people have, have actually come up to him and said, you, this whole series has captured a, a side of um, our lives that maybe doesn't get to, you know, that deep dive on a lot of big fantasy properties or something like that. So I think that's some of the stuff you're talking about there. And that might be a real, real world comparison from me, but I absolutely see that. And this episode deals a lot with uh, trauma, deals with some grief. I think the grief fives builds for, for top and not wanting to, to let him die in vain. I think there's a lot of that stuff. And that's, that I think is some of the stuff that Katie Lucas does really well. That venture stuff going home again, but what is home and, and, and the trauma that Ventress goes through and then has to, has to overcome. I, I think, I think she's really great at that kind of stuff. And it really, I really love it. Yeah. I like that. It pops up. I'm with you too. I didn't have it. I didn't see it as a, you know, that they were having dreams of killing Jedi. I just, yeah. think, uh, it was the whole story there. Yeah. A, a life of, uh, of yeah. Post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which then uh, I, I rewatched the bar scene a couple of times cause there's just so much, so many great things about it. And it's kind of a different scene for star Wars, but it makes perfect sense. But really looking at it, this all starting from the stalemate on the, <laughs> the mm-hmm. space station circle, it just makes me feel for those clones of like that bar is the closest they're getting to therapy, right? That's, that's, they need to yeah. re- release that that stress and that horror somehow, you know. Seventy nine, and you and I have done the the, the Star Wars uh, crawl before, and maybe we could have 
include that one, but I don't know if we belong there, right? We're not clones in this war. I well, love no, it. We need to be invited, right? Yeah, we would need to be invited. Invite me into your house um, like a vampire. Uh, no, but I, I, it, it's funny, and, and, and we're going to talk about our, our favorite cab driver there. Uh, but I think it's powerful that much like in the real world where places like bars and clubs uh, can provide that um, sense of protection because you get to be yourself and the way Jay Ingo even kind of says, oh, 79. Oh, you're a clone. I get it now. Um, it was it made that bar more powerful to me. You know, yeah, it really did. Really did. Yeah, I've enjoyed the comedy of it before. Of like, oh, that's funny that uh, mm-hmm. that clones have their own bar. And Jagno is funny, but yeah, but that that perspective that Jagno shares, like, hey, so you're a clone, huh? Like they're plumbers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and Fives is like, yeah, no, you don't get it, and you don't yeah. know how much we need this bar. It oh really yeah, it's added to it. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I cut you off there. Sorry. It, yeah, it's a it's a great line. Uh, I, I wrote it down. There's a lot you don't know about clones. No one does. And doesn't mean you can't be sympathetic or, or empathetic to the journey, but just that's their journey that they only go. And at, at, at 79s, they get to be themselves. Yep. And they get to be honest and throw bottles. <laughs> <laughs> which was great, too. Uh, which we will definitely enjoy talking about. Uh, for me, uh, from there, I go to kind of uh, how all of these themes and ideas in this arc represent and reflect the larger and story and perspective of Star Wars. But do you have anything else before we move on? No, 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 absolutely. Okay, so uh, you said we were kind of tapping into some of your thoughts uh, with the the Palpatine of it all. So where do you go? Well, I just can't, you know, you know, some of these themes, and you're looking at orders versus duty, and what are the Jedi's orders? But what there is their actual duty in this big battle that's going on? And again, we know what's happening. I just saw a lot of what was going on, um, even in the last episodes where we talked about with Ahsoka and Anakin, where Anakin his. His words don't carry the weight that they may be used to or he thinks they should when trying to get uh, Ahsoka out of the prison or, or talking to even trying to get to Ahsoka to talk to her. Uh, the Jedi are, are slipping and losing and they're, and they're embroiled in this war. And this is this power struggle between the, the Republic and the Jedi that has just emerged uh, and how that's part of Palpatine's plan, right? Part of the mistrust and 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 even even for the moment where Fives is kind of like when they say, "Oh, so the Jedi Master Zyphidias did this," like the Jedi did this. It's just and, and and he I think learns the truth beyond that, of course. But like I just think that ties in the big picture. Of what's going on is that all roads lead to Palpatine and and the Phantom Menace of it all. And to just love those moments. You're right. The 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 mask comes down and the confidence is is front and center from Palpatine. Uh, I just was really uh, intrigued by all of that, this power struggle leading the the Jedi to, in, in many ways, to destruction. Yeah, no, and I think, I love that you highlighted that. I think one of the kind of uh, chess, Dejeric moves, <laughs> hollow mm-hmm. chess moves uh, that Palpatine makes is this isolation of the Jedi, of cutting them out of things right uh there's that scene in the final episode where uh, the jedi are talking about everything that's going on and mace they talk about all of the different uh uh clones in in coruscant uh uh, security forces that have been you know uh uh, sent out to hunt Mm. for fives and then mace says in a really pointed way however jedi involvement has not been requested (laughs) Uh, and obviously the whole battle throughout is the the Jedi Council uh, uh, saying like, and even Shakti going like, no, no, we'll 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 use the force. We'll look into this. We'll an- use our analyst droids. And there's the the push and pull for that. But mm. uh, just like in the the previous arc where uh, Palpatine is 
putting them in this sort of position where the Jedi are checking themselves, right? Um, It's this idea of Palpatine is overstepping his power. And in that moment, successfully manipulating the Jedi's desire to not look like they are overstepping their power. So when Palpatine oversteps his power, the Jedi just uh, cut themselves off at the knees by going, well, we can't raise our hands and object because then we'll look like we're overstepping our power. And I think yeah. just sort of politically that that was so big in the in the last arc with Ahsoka, all of Mace's worry about what the people will think, you know, mm-hmm. it's really powerful of like Palpatine basically like, hey, I did. So- I'm doing something wrong. Uh, yeah. But if you accuse me of it, that'll be seen as political and power grabbing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, To me, like the real world implications of that are really strong. I think that is a real world lesson that Mm. Lucas and the Clone Wars feels strongly about of, you know, Mm. you you need to hold people to account and can't be held back by the. But what will other people think if I raise my voice because somebody's doing something wrong? Yeah. 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 Uh, And all that leads to this. I love this beat where Palpatine just kind of says, you know, what's great. We can we can put this behind us and return to the war. Just don't need to question anything. Don't need to look at anything. It's a virus. It was a virus. Just, just go back to the war. Won't that be fun? Like it just like just gridlock, creating that gridlock for the Jedi stuck in a battle that uh, has no end. Yep. Yep. Uh, that, that for me was one of the big themes too, of just the kind of big picture idea of the dark side clouds, everything. It isn't mm. you know, be, you know being said it uh, specifically, but it is, it's Palpatine's red tape. It's, it's Palpatine, playing on the yeah. Jedi's, you know, well-intentioned fears of they don't want to be seen as, as power grabbers. They want to respect other people's power mm. and choices. Uh, mm. It's it's that red tape manipulation. It is all of the confusion and pain and, and suspicion that has been generated by this endless war in this mm. entire arc is about pe- keeping people in the dark, uh, uh, figuratively, certainly, about the information, but also mm. just visually. There's a ton of times where Fives is literally left in the dark or somebody mm. shuts the lights off yeah. <laughs> on Fives. Yeah. Uh, he's left. He's literally left in the dark in the examination room. He's literally left in the dark in the, you know, uh, in the Republic Medical Facility, in the warehouse, all these things. Uh, and there's that paranoia that whatever bad thing is happening, it must be the separatists, right? Like, don't, yes. don't analyze any of the actual physical evidence in front of us. It's a virus, a separatist mm. virus, separatist brainwashing. Maybe the separatists are trying to make the clones more violent, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and all of that dark side clouds, everything even build, builds to this great sort of emotional moment that I wanted to ask you about is that we, the audience, are thrown into the darkness when we don't get to be in the room alone with Fives mm. and Palpatine. And mm. we are left a little bit to ask ourselves We've got some pointers, but we, the audience, are are asked to go like, okay, you don't actually have full evidence. What did Palpatine say or do in that room, and what did Fives actually do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what co- and how much was a, a complete work there? I, you know, part of me wonders if just Palpatine was like, uh, uh, "You're right, I'm going to kill you," uh, or something like that, or just I, what it I, was. Yeah, that's the way I when when Fives at the end is like, you no, know, Palpatine's involved in some way. I feel like Palpatine is like, "All right, everybody's yeah. out of the room now. I can tell you the truth." Yeah you're half onto it, you know, like, mm. you know, you, you, you clones are, you know, nothing but puppets and fives screams and punches him. Right. And this is exactly yeah. what Palpatine wants. And it just yep. kind of like Dooku giving, uh, Kenobi a, a little bit of truth. Mm-hmm. It, uh, just raises more paranoia and suspicion and fear. 
Yeah, no, it's it's dare I say the genius of Palpatine. We always say we're not rooting for him, but it's it's fascinating to watch and it's important to watch. I think that's part of uh, Lucas's lessons, uh, and and now Lucas also means Katie Lucas's lessons in these episodes here. Uh, I, I I really there's it's it's pretty powerful to me when P- Fives kind of has the uh, you know classic uh, you know. Uh, almost sketch comedy cuckoo bird kind of it goes all the way to the top type of reaction right <laughs> that no one's just gonna be able to believe how yeah. does he know that and I, I think it has something to do with Palpatine just being like yeah oh yeah oh you're fighting for your identity no 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 you're all mine you're all mine you're all play you are you're you're almost there you are you, you there's nothing you can do and that, that would drive him drive him a little little uh little drive not just driving forward but drive him a little bonkers in a crazy scary way where it's like no one's gonna believe it, which is what he kind of breaks with rex and and again you guys you guys don't believe me it goes all the way to the top and you'll never believe me yeah and i feel like palpatine set him up to have not enough information i mean enough information to certainly be a risk because palpatine wants to see him ended but I don't think Palpatine was like, yes, it's called Order 66. You're going right. to like, yeah. he doesn't know the whole picture, but it's uh, he knows just enough truth to make him sound like he's out of his mind. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Uh, as always uh, with these episodes with these clones, I also think that just fundamental Star Wars theme of the rigid and mechanical versus the flowing and organic is, is really present. All the, you know, numbers versus names and uh, mm. programming versus choice. But I also like that that theme was really... Uh, extended to the very clean, specific science of the Kaminoans versus the Jedi. You know, I, mm. I love that line where Nalase says, I'm afraid the Jedi have inspired creative thinking in some of the clones. Mm. <laughs> in that great uh, exchange where Lama Su is like, these Jedi are a curious cult. And Nalase says, yeah. too spiritual for my taste. <laughs> like, it's it's real direct. That, that great classic Star Wars theme is very direct. It really is. I actually really like that uh, in a funny way. Yeah, there's a, there's even with um, Nalase and Dooku have a conversation. She calls Fives just a, a soldier, but kind of says, but he was a friend to Top. Like, it's a bad thing, you know? Like, he, yeah. he had connection. He, he thought outside the box. The Jedi are teaching the clones this. Uh, we know they're just soldiers, but how this one actually believed he had friends and a personality and a life. How dare he, sir? Yeah, and they don't use numbers anymore. I just, I love the mm-hmm. evolution of that too, of like, it's not a, we have nicknames. It's like, no, we don't even say the numbers anymore. It's just yeah. not done. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Any other big picture thoughts before we take a quick break? No, I mean, this one goes all the way to the top, but we covered it all. <laughs> we are going to go all the way to the top after a quick break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. 
That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to continue our discussion of the great but sad Clone Wars arc, the inhibitor chip of doom, or whatever else you might want to call it. Uh, we're going to talk about some action moments. Uh, Ken, did you feel like there were a lot of action moments in this arc? Okay, so this is funny. Uh, uh, I mean, hilarious episodes. No, um, I didn't write a lot down. However, I think they're chock full of a lot of action. And, <laughs> and I watched... I watched these episodes, each of them twice, and the last two, three times. Wow. Uh, just because my I was on a little extra time on Sunday, and I was like, ah, let me let me just kind of watch some of these. No, wait, so, sorry, the first two, uh, three times, because um, I just had a little extra time. And I didn't put down a lot of stuff, because I just, there was so much of it we're going to talk about, but I just, there was, I think I was drawn in. It was one of those times where even, even knowing I needed to make notes, I just kept putting <laughs> my pen down and uh, watching. Yeah. Yeah. In particular, that that first episode has mm-hmm. a lot of great action and then some fun moments throughout. But a lot of it is just sort of the, the tension of uh, things about to happen. But um, I, I want to highlight just the actual shot uh, uh, from Tup to poor Tiplar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fascinated by that. I really remembered that. Uh, I really I was really affected by that the first time I saw it. And I was mm-hmm. really excited to see it again to see if it uh 
if the way it lived in my memory was accurate to what was on screen. Because sometimes you remember something a certain way. And you like, I remember when I finally, finally, after many years, uh, watched Return of the King again, the, uh, the juice from the cherry tomato did not go anywhere near as far as it did in my imagination. I had taken the actual, the emotion of that moment and been like, remember when it just arcs across the screen? Like it's small in comparison mm. to my memory of it. Uh, so mm. it's really fascinating to see if this would match up to my memory. And it, and it really did. I think uh, Clone Wars, it, Star Wars is often this way, but Clone Wars in particular is very careful about when it, it pitches action is fun, thrilling space fantasy adventure. And when it pitches uh, action is horrible, sad violence. And there's mm. nothing romantic or thrilling about this. There's no Flash Gordon whiz bang. Mm. It is blunt and unromantic and horrible, right? Of just the like, uh-huh. it's no big fight. I just walked up behind you and it's just, it, it's like real violence, right? Like it's yeah. so small compared to the way yep. we often depict it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And, and, and violence, uh, yeah, when you, when you can have weird effects if you haven't really fully been exposed to it. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. And it's weird to trace the memories of it. Uh, I think I did, uh, think it was bigger as well. You know, like, like yeah, it is the John Noble eating cherries, uh, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and you're right. And there were, there were, I think that might've been it too, because there was some, like, I love, uh, in the first battle there, Ringo Vanda, the, there's so much cool, heavy gunner action. But it's really, yeah. you just live in it in the beginning. So it felt like a video game. It felt like Battlefront 2. There's a cool grenade bowling, I call it, on the destroyer dro- uh, droids. I loved all that. But the other stuff that I, that I wrote, yeah, was some kind of the, uh, it has a lot of purpose behind all the, all the action and violence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, I love that moment you're talking about uh, with the, the droid poppers. But in particular, just like that little uh, chunk of, of scene where the, the clones run up with the shields and we get to see them being battered by the mm-hmm. laser fire. Uh, and then uh, Tiplar uses the force to lift the droid because then the droid poppers uh, yeah. roll out. And it it achieves so many things because it shows the Jedi and the clones really being in sync, uh, the teamwork. And for me, like, I would I would take a million more beats like this. I, I, I love the scene in the Clone Wars when the Jedi are always up front and blocking blasts. And I'm, I'm always like, why don't they hide behind something and do force crap? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do force crap. I'm not being super elegant today, but you know, I, I, I forgot that this beat is here. And like, uh, I, I, I'd love to see more beats like this or like, like, why don't you have a Jedi up front and clones in the middle and then a Jedi in back, like using the force to like turn people and expose them and, you know, yeah. lift them. And like, it, you know, it, it, I thought this beat was just so great. Uh, yeah. Good force crap. Indeed. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was one moment. Uh, well, I yeah, will get to the top. It's uh, top extraction sequence uh, when when you're ready for that. Oh, uh, go for it. Go for it. Move uh, on. I, the, one of the fun little ones in there for me was uh, Anakin when they come through. There's also some great comedy in these moments um, in, in the sequence. But when he uh, Anakin comes through and um, and uh, he, the door opens and he like slight uppercut blade the droid from behind. It was it was. Uh, brutal what you get where Anakin is and where we're getting in the story um uh it, it, I'm not gonna read too much into it but it's just it just it's a different kind of Anakin it was it was it was it was really aggressive in the sequence uh yeah I mean I thought both uh action scenes the uh the separatist taking of Tup in the uh Republic heroes reclaiming of Tup were both like great action scenes and definitely pitched different than say the first or second season because they mm-hmm. were to remind you of the horror of this. Uh, 
I loved the brutality of those super battle droid rocket troopers. They're just, Mm -hmm. they're so weird. So space fantasy, Uh, just landing on the ARC-170 and just blowing it away. And then the total absolute horror scene where that whole scene of them taking Tup is situated around the, uh, the clone officer with no armor, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to survive like, it's it's shot like a scream movie and it's ghost face you know who's mm-hmm. stalking that guy uh and then of course just mercilessly eh, you didn't get away so you got that on one side and then you go to that oh it, there's some great fun and some camaraderie of the like uh using the harpoon guns getting on board but once anakin rex and fives gets in there it's a it's efficient to a level of almost scary you know <sighs> yeah with the yeah. punching and the hacking and the blasting and they're all trading off and just like it, there, there's an energy to it that maybe it's emanating just from Anakin or maybe it's emanating from all of them. We've been in this forever and slaughter is a Tuesday for us. Slaughter is a Tuesday indeed. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff. Um, the buzz, buzz droids launching with glee. You actually kind of hear them like almost cheering, right? <laughs> yeah. The little weird chattering. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it's, uh, I've mentioned before in the Clone Wars uh, report where I just, I just seem to, I have a, I guess I'd call it irrational fear because I'm not going into any uh, space trips soon. But I just, I, the idea of being sucked into space has always just, since I was a kid, terrified me. And that yeah. just was one of the worst ones ever. I kind of forgot. It's so brutal. It's a, it's a nominee awful. for the worst death in Star Wars. <laughs> it's really, really rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the helmet fun. comes off. The helmet comes off. You see, it's like, <laughs> why did you do that to me? <laughs> to keep you out of space battles, Ken. <laughs> You're not it. jumping up on any Amazon rocket anytime yeah. soon, right? No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. No, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then for me, going out of the first uh, episode, I only wrote down two other action moments because so much of it is about mm-hmm. tension. Um, probably one of my favorite action moments in Clone Wars that I forgot existed entirely is uh, Five's riding water jet ski AZ-3. <laughs> It's the best. It also made me think of uh, Ram Jamaran in the uh, High Republic with his little droid he converts. Uh, love oh, that. Yeah. 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 Uh, let, yeah. That's a great one. And, and there's a little comedy beat in that too. I'll talk about, but yeah, I love that. Yeah. Absolutely great. And then uh final one for me, which is kind of a rarity in the Clone Wars. It's just, there's a different beat to it of, uh, I, I like Shakti's big leaps while chasing fives. Those are just mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one she does in front of everyone, she does that big leap and then lands and everybody goes, Oh, the big gasp from I, everybody there. I, like yeah, yes, it was yes. so great. Go ahead. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I cut you off. I'm so excited. You wrote that the same beat. I was, I wrote down and all the townsfolks go, ah, oh, like it was just a really interesting beat. It's just one of those little beats that uh, frames that conversation of like, yeah, people mm-hmm. don't see Jedi do uh Jedi uh, mm-hmm. action i'm not gonna say crap again uh don't see uh the jedi in in full action often right, right? to the point where that's still like what that yeah. Takuda just did a ma- that's not possible what <gasps> yeah yeah to see it up front and center yeah absolutely hmm. yeah i thought that was really cool uh and that's it for me do you have more uh, no, I put those two sequences. I put the fives escape sequence in mm. uh, Bolt, which I guess there's two. Um, love that. I love. I love. Also love uh, people who fist fight with armor, but seem the fist seems to win. That's just a Star Wars thing we have to accept. But I just, I absolutely love that. And uh, and even just everyone, uh, you know, I don't know, just just fives just making these breaks, 
both episodes was was, uh, was thrilling to me again. But there's a lot of tension on it. There's a lot of purpose behind it. Oh yeah, he he punches out a lot of clones. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, when he finds out his memory is going to be wiped. Yeah, and he just for me, I just got a head cannon that fives uh, really really knows the exact angle uh, to hit <laughs> armor at. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make it just uh, reverberate into the body. Yeah, you just have to accept that then. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on then to moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. Like I said, I think obviously this is a tragic arc, but there is a lot of uh, comedy and, and fun sprinkled throughout, I thought. What did you think? I started this with, um, you got Admiral Trench uh, in the beginning, click, 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 clicking his way. He he stumbles on a truth but doesn't know it in, in the sense of he's like, this is really abnormal. He studies the video. And then Dooku has, Dooku's really playing dumb. But also mm-hmm. being really concerned, it was this funny kind of Dooku moment of what a bad day at the office. Something's gone on, but he's like, okay, thanks for your information. Um, uh, I just uh, thought there was a, a com- Dooku comedy in that. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely great. Uh, it really uh, cements this uh, kind of dizzying who knows what and who is lying to who and which half-truth is where, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, and Trench is obviously an asset, but also a little bit of a danger because he is a good analyst, right? So they yes. got to kind of keep him out of it. The thing that cracked me up with uh, with Trench is when Duke was like, hmm, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and Trench says, I saw it with my own eyes. Like, he has six eyes. That's just, it cracked me up. All of them. <laughs> Even the robot one. Uh, so, I, yeah, I thought that was uh, really, really funny. A it, odd beat uh but it but it cracked me up um there's a lot of little beats in that first episode to remind us of the the connection between the 501st and anakin uh mm-hmm. but when they're having that banter about if they can when they're trying to rescue uh top and <laughs> they have that comparing macro binocular size joke where five says are your scopes jedi issues sir <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, that's, it's, that's what the Kenobi's using, right? In the Kenobi series, right? It's the same kind yeah. of binoculars, love that. Yeah, those, those small Jedi mm-hmm. issue, not those mm-hmm. those big, authoritative, clone macro Almost. binoculars. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of that beat? Uh, I, I I love the brother brotherly banter that Anakin mm-hmm. has. It just says to, you know, a lot about the connection that it's always been there and always been, uh, maybe sometimes put them on the outside of, of Jedi. Uh, interestingly enough, but yeah, no, of course I love that. Yeah, five of first invader, Vader's fist, Vader's, uh, and they're gonna tease him. Yep, yep, <laughs> no teasing him later. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some other moments for you? I love the whole thing. It's funny again because it's the uh extraction sequence, it has the death that's gonna haunt me forever. But that whole uh, you know, the, that line of where you were. Uh, you're experiencing uh, we're experiencing drag in the vacuum of space you're you were experiencing drag in the vacuum of space yes strange but it's gone now just the battle droid humor all the way through it there and then the one later on oh we're experiencing some turbulence before they're both shot <laughs> yeah very brutally shot in the head yeah uh the tactical droid delivery there uh, uh kraken uh is what really sells that to be like um that is delivered like a very deadpan joke, right? Of yes. experiencing drag in the vacuum of space. <laughs> and, and also one of the rare times that Star Wars just kind of addresses things like that. <laughs> you know, like we don't hear that a lot. It was funny to me of like, is it, do we really want to be talking about the physics of space Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's worth so, it for the joke. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
uh, I, I go, going into the later episodes, uh, already highlighted the sort of uh, thematic value of the line, but the, just as a joke line, it, it made me laugh very much at the, I always wanted to have fe- human feelings, but I do not. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, and AZ3's awkward waves and hello uh, throughout uh, that oh. illustrates that, you know, yeah. this is a great truth in comedy uh, of AZ3 that he is very awkward in human mm-hmm. <laughs> and quirky and doesn't see it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you might be there, pal. Yeah, no, the, the collection of uh, awkward waves as a distraction is is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, more moments for you. Yeah, I loved it when uh, they're out in the uh, out in the oceans there, Camino, and uh, the you know he does the great conversion, but great, you know, conver- can you float? I am buoyant and have several survival modes. And then when the speeder is one of them, I love the little detail: five steps on him, but Az goes underwater as he does. Like <laughs> that's something. Uh, that's something I enjoy because that that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think AZ3 has only done this in theory, not in practice before. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, it's not meant to be a joke, but it's so, um, such a horror show that it kind of made me laugh. It's more the, the weirdness, the, the fun of doing the shot, but the perspective shot of fives once he's back on Coruscant and Palpatine is pretending to be so nice and grandfatherly and, there, there, soldier, don't strain yourself. And you're, you're seeing the fog from that drug and yeah. just like the last thing, the last person in all of Star Wars you would ever want to comfort you. <laughs> it's such a great POV to drive that home. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the old kindly uh, wearing his uh, nearly Sith robe outfit there. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Um yeah, and then, then from there for me, it's all Jay Igno. So do you got anything else? A couple more beats before we get to that, because, yeah, I will, will want to discuss him, too. Uh, there, The moment of uh, when Fives kind of knocks out his uh, clone brother and goes undercover as a clone is my favorite spin on that Star Wars tradition. <laughs> uh, I really like that. It, yeah, I mean, because it, it, it's easy to forget that that's not his armor. Mm-hmm. He's an ARC trooper with really distinctive armor that he has personalized, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he's kind of back down to the basic, the classic clone armor, which yeah. also just having him run around in just the clone armor, just mm-hmm. the body armor at that point is so much just Stormtrooper, right? That it really yeah. evokes a lot of things in here, including just like the Imperial Guards, you know, like a lot of things getting so close to. Mm. Uh, the change mm, absolutely yeah which syncs up a lot with some of the early bad batch stuff we we saw mm-hmm. absolutely uh any any other uh pre-j igno stuff I'm, I'm good with a solid doctor joke so hold still this will not hurt a bit as you jab them with the needles <laughs> uh, funny to me yeah yeah and then it clearly does uh clearly. not feel great clearly <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jake, no, like, yeah, look, we, uh, I could have written down every line. Uh, utterly captures the the chatty cabbie who is not going to take any cues from their passenger about whether or not they want to chat. Right? Yeah, uh, indeed. And and this actually, you know, digging in more. Just I love this character so much. It's 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 a nod to Christopher Lloyd's taxi character uh, Jim. So there you go. Christopher Lloyd was already in Star Wars, so maybe he'll play uh, <laughs> an updated version of a cabbie in Mando Three. Uh, yeah, I mean, we experienced this at, at Star Wars Celebration back in Chicago, and you you jumped on the uh, Jay Igno grenade. Multiple times, like there's a couple times where we all get uh, joined in, but there are a couple times where you're just like, 
I'll, I'll take the L, everybody, and <laughs> engaged with the cabbie who's here, the Uber Lyft driver who's going to talk to us regardless. Yeah. And, uh, I'm good at uh, mindless banter. That's all. That's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you want to talk about how the Bulls did last night? Didn't watch the game, but let's do it. Yep, yep. But uh, there, there was also some good, some good uh, conversations. Yeah. Uh, the the person who was trying to describe Yoda and said that blue cat, I'm like, huh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you like Star Wars, you like that blue cat? You mean Yoda? Yeah, yeah. Some great stuff there. Uh, for me, I, I love this. So you're a clone, huh? It's just, it, I think, um, I'm sure you've experienced this too, mm. Ken. It's a thing I've talked to uh, various people in various professions about, but because it's what I've done, uh, particular uh, saying you're a writer or a comedian, mm-hmm. like on a plane or in a, a cab situation is a trap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it can possibly be a good conversation, but it's immediately yeah. going to be followed with. So are you famous? Uh, what have I seen you in? Uh, so tell me a joke tell then. Joke. I've got a joke for you. I've got a pitch. It's yeah. uh, every once in a while you have a wonderful conversation where someone truly wants to engage you with a back and forth. Yeah. But often that, so you're a comedian, so you're a writer would be, a way for the other person to project things onto you. And that's so what's going on with Jay Igno is like, he's not bringing that up to ask and understand better. Right. No. He's, he's bringing it up. Cause like, yeah, yeah, I got, I got some clone thoughts. <laughs> that's what, that's what it feels like. The follow-up is going to be if uh, fives did not shut him down. So viscerally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I experience this often when uh, getting in a uh, Uber Lyft or a taxi, to uh, the comedy store with Mark Ellis. We've now learned to just go, now nah, we're going to go see a show because mm-hmm. that, they always look, Oh, we're going to the comedy store. Are you comics? Nah, nah, we're just we're big fans <laughs> of Tom Segura. We're going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It is a real, real choice. It is, <laughs> it is a known thing. Um, <laughs> the other thing for me, I just, I love, I love uh comedy that, that has just really great high contrast between the, the brutal and the, the mm-hmm. silly. Um, it, it's one of those times where comedy can really have like a truth to it and it can have catharsis because it, it takes something dark and awful and then just makes, gives you a little power over it because you can laugh at it. And I feel like that moment is so powerful when uh, Fives says, you ever hear the one about the people engineered to kill, engineered to kill their best friends, their leaders, and they don't even know it. Like, and that's, that's real. That's yeah. the trauma. That's the horror of this mm-hmm. arc, succinctly put. It's the tragedy of the clones. And then to get the comic response from Jake, and I'm like, I'm a cab driver, pal. I hear stories like that all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> You're absolutely true galactic horror show problem. Like, pfft. Yeah, I, I heard. I hear that three times a day. Like, no, you bleep and don't, Jay. You it, yeah, don't. It, it cut to po- post Order sixty six and the rise of the Empire, where Jay's still driving cabs and and just <laughs> had no memory of that moment. I doubt he's like, oh, you know, some or he's like, yeah, some guy told me this happened. I don't know. I had a scoop. I didn't. I didn't run with it. <laughs> I had a scoop. I didn't run with the Jay Igno story. Uh, what are other moments for you for Jay? Uh, it was uh, yeah, all that man. It just yeah, yeah. And then the the insult of your mother's a droid. It, <laughs> it, it, it's funny, but then you stop to think of it. You're like, ah, is that a clone? Is that a, is that a is that a just a really clonist humor there? Like, what do you got going on there, Jay? Yeah, I mean, at other moments in Star Wars, it'd be like, okay, yeah, that's funny. Like saying, yeah, mm-hmm. your your dad's a wampa, whatever. Like, okay, but. Yeah. <laughs> You say that to clones at a clone bar, like uh, yeah. most of us have been murdered by droids. <laughs> you yeah. Jerk. yeah, yeah, 
And, and, yeah, it's always funny. Yeah, Jay, Jay was an interesting character. It made me do a, a Wikipedia search indeed and uh, just to see. And, yeah, you're right. Celebrated character. Celebrated character indeed. So, And I, I really enjoyed his, his point and his purpose, the levity he brought, the perspective he brought, the great way to introduce uh, 79. So yeah. uh, a big fan all around. Uh, any other uh, moments of comedy before we move on to the canon? No, you can go to the canon. We'll be laughing at Jay for a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of different kind of ways to look at some of the canon and connection stuff. You and I have kind of talked around this, but I think in that first episode, it's it's pretty fascinating how we're kind of back to the war. Like mm-hmm. there's a bunch from that we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Yalarin, uh Anakin's mm-hmm. spacesuit, which yeah. I don't think we've seen since the first season. Uh, yeah. We've got some back to some B1 droid humor, Admiral Trench. There's a lot that's just like, it is kind of like we're back to those earlier, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more fun days of the Clone Wars, but it's not so fun anymore. Yeah. Uh, what did you What did you think about that, or what did it make you feel? Oh, I love that. And that's why you know, from a from a helicopter kind of point of view down on the Clone Wars, I, I sometimes gravitate to these kind of episodes. It's the fighting, it's the purpose. But I think you're right to point it out that it is it is uh, like Admiral Trench had been seen. Uh, in a while, I think season two, uh, I was looking up. Nala Say has been around, uh, hadn't been around for a while. Just, just a lot of these characters were introduced because it is the Clone War. And, and now it's just this level of maturity to it that is, uh, you know, like you said, not all fun and games anymore. Not that it was, but definitely, you know, you got the pew, pew, pew and all the stuff you're getting pulled into, uh, you know, get, getting pulled into Star Wars by early. Uh, so I, th- I think you're right to point it out, but it's kind of fun. And, I, and, and, and in a sense, it's fun in a sense of, Clone Wars getting, you know, the point of it getting back to where it started because it's all got to come down. Yeah. Yeah. And it, to, to me, it just really speaks to the, the how, how well executed the overall structure was that, you know, we can kind of enjoy the space fantasy and the fun of the war in the beginning. And then as it drags on, it gets mm-hmm. a little bit more horrible. And we, we yeah. and there's this kind of contrast of revisiting this and like, yeah, the last time I saw space suits in your line, there were definitely stakes and people were learning things, but it was a little bit more whiz bang fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, obviously, there's a ton of this that we talked about with the sort of the the uh, DNA of the Bad Batch in here. Um, obviously, things from uh, this seventh season of Clone Wars as well, dealing with the inhibitor chips. But, you know, hearing good soldiers follow orders, uh, spending a lot of time with uh, Nala Say and Hearing, yeah, she's the uh, chief medical scientist on Camino, one of the primary engineers of all the clones. That gets developed much more mm-hmm. in Bad Batch. Obviously, AZ3, we learn a lot more about, that. you know, it's really fun to watch this and go, what's Omega up to right now, you know? I, yeah, I had a lot of those thoughts this time around in, in, in a good way, just like, is she scared in the room? Like, what's she hearing? What's she knowing? Is she lurking around the cor- corridors? What is she think- thinking when she hears this information, if she hears it? Yeah, can't help but yeah. think that. And, and I feel like with our conversation with you really pointing out um, how much Fives is experiencing the horror of home, you know, mm-hmm. that that also really connects to what uh, Omega goes through of like that Camino is really home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she is kind of forced to question it, you know, as the that first season goes on. And yeah. it's uh, really cool to see that her going through a similar journey to Fives. Yeah, absolutely. Have to find a new home. Um, uh, I wanted to refresh myself on Tup's previous appearance because we always do track through the clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, yeah he uh, is, of course, big in the Pong Krell arc. He is not sort of in the inner circle of rule breakers who are defying Krell, but he does have a bunch of moments where he supports them on like Dogma. And then at the end, he is, Tup kind of uh, levels up in uh, 
clone independence in creativity because he is the one who comes up with the plan to lure Pong Krell into uh, the Vixis. And mm. he is the one who actively stuns Krell. So right. it's such a great setup to have Tup be heading in this in this direction of ingenuity and brotherhood and mm. creativity and then to have this happen to him. Yeah, uh, tragic, yeah tragic indeed. I do maybe want... Th- want maybe need some clone trading cards where they have their stats and appearances on the back. It's easy to collect and understand. Ooh, I would love that. I would love that. Uh, speaking of, uh, of clone traits, I did like this line from Dooku uh, when he says, so there is a traitor in their midst. It's rare, but such things have been reported in the past. Uh, that was definitely one of those moments where it's like, if this was a comic book in the eighties, it would have that editor's <laughs> note of which episode there have been yeah. clone traitors in the clone wars. Yeah. Absolutely. Love those editor's notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, there, there's a lot of fun uh, sort of uh, reveals of who knows what about the inhibitor mm. chip, you know? Mm-hmm. Indeed. And uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, Lama Su and Nalase are kind of aware of some aspects of it, but not all aspects of it, and... Tyrannus, uh, Dooku as Tyrannus is kind of telling them a half truth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe a lie up to us. Uh, the, the, Hey, it's, it's just a limit. Uh, Django's aggression. Yeah, it's part of it. <laughs> right. That seems like that's the cover. If it ever gets discovered, which is kind of what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think that built in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on, on the, just the introduction of the inhibitor chip and all the kind of half truths about it. Yeah. It made me, you know, I think we, especially in Bad Batch, we we have a little we we have some feelings for the the the, the folks of Camino there, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the uh, going on and and Nalase kind of uh, her end there and everything. Yeah, so I, I feel bad for them, but I want to know how much they know and how complicit they were. And did they believe that lie? Was that the lie that was there? And um, I don't know. Does uh, does you know, the Prime Minister have? Does he have the knowledge? Is he when Duke uh, arrives and and makes the deal? Um, I can't imagine them as saying, well, this is to destroy the Jedi later on. So I, I can't imagine it's a full 100% uh, a bit of knowledge for them. So uh, it, it made me feel for the Kemenians uh, a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the story with them is, is uh, always like, yeah, no, whatever you want. It's your war. We are yeah. out here doing our own thing. We don't care. You want us to program them to do what? As long as it doesn't hurt us or our bottom line, fine. Yeah, and pr- yeah, protecting the business, which is not great, but like you know, know. yeah. In in the bad batch does successfully make me feel for them because they're like, wait, we had a deal. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, and yeah, you could just end the contract. You don't have to. Oh, oh, you're gonna slaughter us. Okay, <laughs> oh, we're dead now. Okay, uh, yeah, maybe maybe we should have gotten involved. Maybe we should have asked more questions about the yeah. chips. Uh, I was affected by seeing the genetic records hall because I have had many fights there in Battlefront 2. I can't remember which mode, but that's one of the modes of you're traveling through Camino and you're trying to defend or attack the genetic records hall. No, I love it. And, and it's so, like I said, it's just beautiful. It, it, it's in its own way. And I love uh, that level in Battlefront 2. I'm close to on Lego Skywalker Saga. I can't, I, I'm like, I can't wait till I get there. I'm playing, I'm playing episode one and two right now. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. So when I see it on screen there, it, it is its own kind of just wonderful sci-fi kind of crazy design. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Uh, Grand Republic Medical Facility, of course, uh, where uh, Vader is constructed, where... Uh, Big, yeah. Yeah, and, and to see that 
creepy, creepy space full of dark shadows and scary medical droids. Uh, did you like seeing that? Did you like that connection? Oh, absolutely. It's especially with the Palpatine kind of being like, uh, ah, you know, I have my own doctors. Check him out. Like he's just, <laughs> you know, why, why are you taking that on face value? What's what do you got? He's got his own lair. Come on. Yeah, I mean, just go look at the Grand Republic Medical Facility and just say, like, look, by aesthetics alone, something's not right. <laughs> something's not right. <laughs> and the Jedi don't want to go around pointing fingers based yeah. on lighting, but it's a clue. <laughs> Love that. Uh, and, of course, just the, the existence of the Clone Bar 79. So I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure we had a, a chance if you had any other thoughts on on anything going on at 79s. Uh, no, I, I think I think I said a lot of it. I, I said it's it's a it's a fun spot. It's a fun kind of uh, if you know it, you know. But I, I think there's some great purpose behind it there. And who knows? Maybe we'll get some more stories. I wouldn't mind not a you know, maybe Bad Batch goes to a, a version of seventy nine, uh, and it's not what it used to be. Oh man, that would be amazing. I would love that. Uh, final thing for me is I do like when the um, when the Coruscant Guard clones uh, who between uh, the episode with Ahsoka and this are definitely sort of mm. uh, coded as what the clones are going to become of just these authoritarian stormtroopers. I like that they're directly quoting, you know, well-known stormtrooper lines and identification, please move along and all that. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just seeing, uh, seeing Palpatine with his own, and he's got the Royal guard, uh, the, you know, the, the Emperor's guards are, are present as well, but just kind of knowing that he's uh, encircling himself with uh, these uh, high level, kind of uh, warriors yeah absolutely uh was there anything in this arc that you disliked or questioned really really no i think it's so it's just wonderfully written well-balanced episodes it just just means so much take you on quite a journey great rewatch um value there's so much to it so now i'm there on all of it yeah, I think the only thing for me is that, uh, and I say this as a fan of of classic Doctor Who, which which I love, but uh, was structured to uh, keep the serial going, the serialized weekly episodes. Uh, this arc does remind me a little bit of classic Doctor Who in that just plot-wise, there's a lot of captures and recaptures. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a big deal because the emotional beats are great, and I could even make an argument for it allows the audience to feel the same kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, frustration that that fives does that maybe it enhances the tragedy because like they're starting to talk from episode one of like where should tup and fives go where should the information go and it just it's this struggle to get there and one step forward and two steps back uh there's a part of me that wants to see that as great that just that makes us feel the journey mm-hmm. even more and then there's a part of me is like mm, would would there have been a way to construct the plot so it wasn't as much a game of captures and recaptures yeah ca- cap- capture the top <laughs> capture the top <laughs> yeah keep away from the jedi yeah, yeah. so uh, that is not even for me really like a criticism Mm-hmm. Just a fun, a fun uh, uh, thought experiment. Is there anything in this arc that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on? No, I, I, I really. We can. We already have mentioned it, but just to, to go back now with with Bad Batch in the rearview mirror and just connect it to that is it's a testament to when you know by continuing to get more stories in Star Wars, it, it can uh, make you know improve and and bolden and even make previous episodes seem that much more important and better. So love that. Yeah, absolutely. The tapestry of Star Wars stretches out in all different directions and, and changes stories that have existed for a long time, which is really fun. Um, just one note that I made is I forgot that uh, uh, some of what makes uh, Tup distinct is all the clones are distinct. I love that he has uh, the tear mark on his helmet and then also a tattoo tear on his face, which just really, 
is like, uh, it, uh, you know, I have two faces and they're both mm. a part of me and I've marked them the same way. It's just, it's a great design. And, yeah. and for a character who is, uh, known for tragedy, uh, it's a, it's a pretty great uh, look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we always like to have a little bit of fun with the merch. Ken, if you could have a figure of any character or merch of any kind inspired by this arc, uh, who or what do you want? I, uh, perhaps apologize in advance. Uh, first of all, we do, I want an AZ three drone. That you can power mm. up and fly around your house, and maybe make it to scale so you can put like a like a three and three quarter uh, clone figure on it if you want. Maybe six Ooh, inch, nice. yeah. If you want to raise the price point there, uh, that would be fun. And then uh, again, apologies. Dude, can we have an operation style game to remove chips from clones? <laughs> <laughs> the old operation board game. I'm sure half of our listeners uh, or more don't remember that game, but it's a, yeah, give me that. Give me that, that chip removal and the look of the chip. Uh, it's um, other than great pop plot point. It's never sat well with me. That's why I didn't become an EMT and paramedic. No, I remember when, uh, when I first saw this episode and they were saying like chip and like, Whoa, great. And like, I, I love the clarity that's like, it's organic, but there are non-organic uh, components yeah. to it is great Star Wars theme thing. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. This entire uh, deep arc uh, relies on some pretty gross smears. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Fate of the smears. Uh, yeah. You know, at this point, if they if you just wanted to uh, collect props, I'd buy, I'd buy a, a chip smear. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that would be a high a high seller, absolutely. You know, a high seller. But yeah, I I really I really really need a, a three and three quarter vintage uh, J Igno with air cab. That would be uh, my absolute uh, first mm. choice. Uh, is actually oh figure. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then uh, secondary to that, they have done in the past uh, some action figures that then come with uh, pint glasses that are designed to kind of look like the old uh, Burger King ones. Like the, in mm. Ron Revenge of the Sith, there's an Obi-Wan uh, action figure that then comes with uh, the glass. And I would love an action figure of fives mm. uh, with the the clone armor. You can take the hat on and off. And he comes with a, a 79s pint glass. Ooh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. drink to the clones in a clone glass. <laughs> love that. Yeah, so uh, when uh, when Clone Wars uh, comes around again and just mass popularity and they start pumping out <laughs> merch, we'll have a lot to look forward to, including Operation Games. Uh, so next up is uh, Season 6, Episodes 5 through 7, the Banking Policy Arc. Ah, oh, yeah. I love this one, Ken. It's mm. it, super important political realities, ties to Mace's uh, speech in Revenge of the Sith, Great Padme and Anakin relationship stuff and Embo. We are in for a treat. Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot going on here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? I think if, if, uh, if, if uh, I think the moral here t- today is uh, if, if you believe in your podcast, uh, don't let anyone stop you. Run away, escape, and get back to your podcast to prove that your podcast <laughs> is the thing you believe in. Did that work? No, I don't know if that worked. Run uh, from the studio to your studio. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, if, if you believe in what you're doing, you keep doing it. Yeah, don't don't listen to don't listen. Palpatine. No, Palpatine's always going to be given uh, you know one star reviews to mm-hmm. podcasts he doesn't like. Unfortunately, yeah. he's a it's troll. Only it's a separatist plot that made this podcast bad today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is a lovely moral. <laughs> 
be proud of your podcast. Uh, where can people find us, Ken? Hey, we are the Four Center Podcast feed. If you want to find us, we're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page at Four Center Podcast. Get an audiobook on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Four Center. And you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. And you can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, kennapsock.com for more information. Joseph, where can they go for you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw and check out all of my other adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Jet Ski AZ3, this has been Clone Wars Report. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.